Hello, and welcome to episode one of the Pursuing Endurance podcast. I am really excited to actually be doing this. For any of you that listened to the trailer that was released last week, you definitely know that this has been a long time coming. So here we are. And Without further ado, I just want to get into a couple of housekeeping things before actually getting into the episode itself. While the podcast is going to have a range of topics from endurance-related sports, mainly mountain endurance sports, to entrepreneurship, to eating disorder recovery, I want to just take a second to say that, yes, there are many parallels between these topics, but also respect the fact that they are different and that I want to give them each their time and space. With that said, my plan for approaching the podcast and these topics is to kind of create a weekly schedule. First things first, new episodes will be released on Tuesdays. And then beyond this, the first and second Tuesday of the month will be specific to endurance sports. This can either be around strength training or sports nutrition or a combination of the two. The third Tuesday of the month will be related to eating disorder recovery. And the fourth week will be on entrepreneurship or a Q&A. And if there is a fifth Tuesday, because there are a couple months with fifth Tuesdays, trust me, I've looked ahead on Google Calendar and they are there. On these fifth Tuesdays, that will either be a Q&A and I will make sure that the fourth Tuesday is entrepreneurship Or it will be just a random topic that I find important because there are many of those. Today being the fifth Tuesday of August, which side note, how is it almost September? I mean, I think this summer actually flew by. I always say that, but I'm extra saying it. And while I do love living in the Mount Washington Valley area of New Hampshire in the fall because it is absolutely beautiful. It also means that short season is coming to an end and I just don't know if I can accept this reality yet. Anyways, seeing that it is the fifth Tuesday of August, we will be doing a Q&A. I am going to be answering four questions, two of which that I commonly get from clients and two of which that I got from Instagram. Last week, I put up a little question box on the gram just asking what anybody wanted to know about strength training and nutrition for mountain endurance sports. I was actually quite entertained that I'm not the only one thinking about how fall is quickly approaching as a handful of questions that came in were specific to winter hiking. I will absolutely be covering that as one of the questions. 
While I am on the topic of Instagram, let's just do a shameless plug because this is my podcast and I can do that even if I feel weird about doing it. Anyways, if you would like to follow along on Instagram, I have two accounts. They will both be linked below in the show notes of the podcast. One of my accounts is the home to all of my hiking-related shenanigans and also eating disorder recovery. And my other account, which is my coaching account, is where I talk strength training and nutrition. So follow along if you would like. I would love to have you. And now that all of that is covered, let's jump into episode one. Welcome to the Pursuing Endurance Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah LaCourse, a certified personal trainer and sports nutritionist with a degree in psychology who emphasizes the importance of focusing on the long game. Let's be real, endurance doesn't just pertain to sports, it's anything we endure as humans. Here on the podcast, we will dive into topics ranging from sport, mainly of the mountain endurance variety, to entrepreneurship, to eating disorder recovery. Oftentimes, these pursuits will feel like climbing a mountain, even if it's a metaphorical one. I'm here to have conversations around embracing the process of enduring hard things and exploring the gray area that often comes with this. I'm stoked to have you here. Let's jump in. Okay. Hey, hi, hello. First off, I just want to say because I sometimes myself, when listening to podcasts, will skip the intro, not knocking that at all. Just going to say if you did skip the intro, please go back and listen to it as this week I did just explain the plan for organizing this podcast because I am going to be discussing a variety of topics from endurance sports to eating disorder recovery to entrepreneurship. So I have a plan of action in place to kind of housekeep and keep things organized. So if you did skip that, just go back either now or at the end to make sure you know what is going on. I will also list it in the show notes because I'm nice and I understand that time is valuable. So with that being said, let's get right into the Q&A for today's episode. Question number one, I kind of combined a couple of different questions that I got on Instagram for this one. A lot of the questions that I received were around strength training for hiking and trail running and also for injury prevention and injury recovery. With that, I decided to make question number one kind of cover all of these by choosing five different exercises that I personally find are the quote-unquote best exercises for hiking, and they are all strength-based movements. So number one is lunges. Lunges are excellent as they are a lower body movement, and there is a huge variety that you can do with them, both in terms of planes of motion and also whether they are loaded or not loaded. So using weights or not using weights and 
only using your body weight, which is completely fine with lunges and any of the exercises that I'm going to mention. As I said with the planes of motion, let's think of hiking and trail running, right? While we are primarily moving in the forward motion, which is the sagittal plane, it is not uncommon, especially here in New Hampshire with all of the rocks and roots, to have a sidestep, which would be in the frontal plane, or even twisting or rotational movement, which is transverse plane. With that said, it would make sense, right, that if we are able to strengthen our bodies within these various planes, that they are going to be stronger and therefore more resistant to injury or resilient against injury when we're out doing what we love to do on the trails. That being said, let's talk about lunges specifically here. If you are somebody who is trained and has a background in strength training, you're going to be able to progress with the variety of lunges that you're doing. Whereas if you're newer to strength training, you know, we're going to look at the more basic types of movements and lunges. This is the case for any strength training, right? It's a constant progression, similar to hiking and trail running. It's a progression. A few of my favorite variations of the lunge are walking lunges, either forward or back stepping lunges from a static standing position, lateral or side lunges, the pendulum lunge. This is definitely for somebody who has more of a background with strength training. Lunges with a kettlebell or a dumbbell either held by the side or in a front rack position or even if you have a barbell, you can place that on your back and do this. Again, more of a background of strength training. These are just some options. There are many, many more, but I just wanted to kind of gloss over some of my go-tos. The second movement that I really would recommend our step-ups as this very much replicates the movement of hiking or running uphill. Again, looking at planes of motion so we can be directly stepping up onto the box and then down off of the box. You could also do a side step-up where you're stepping laterally up and laterally down. And again, just like the lunges, we can either use body weight or this can be a loaded step up or a weighted step up where we are holding a weight to our side in that front rack position or on the back. There's many, many options. I think it can be easy to get overwhelmed with all of the options, right? So remembering that if you're new to this, let's just keep it basic. There's nothing wrong with that. I actually really recommend it, and I also recommend people that are more advanced to take it back to the basics every now and again to have that base maintenance or that kind of lower level of the pyramid really trained and really strong because that's going to keep us healthier long term, which being healthier and strong long term is ultimately what we're after. The third exercise that is a favorite are bridges. Bridges are excellent for glute strength, hamstring strength, so that posterior chain and posterior chain strengthening. Often with hikers and runners, it's pretty common to be, air quotes, quad dominant. 
So by this, I mean your dominant muscles are the anterior muscles, the quads and hip flexors, and these can overpower the posterior chain or the posterior muscles, which are the glutes and hamstrings. Bridges, again, have multiple options. There is just a basic bridge. You can also have bridges where you're walking, so picking one foot up and then the other while keeping your pelvis and your hips stable. Also, lifting a leg and extending the knee out so that leg comes straight in front of you. Many, many options, but in general, bridges are an excellent addition to strength training. Exercise four would be dead bugs and dead bug variations. You all are going to quickly understand that there are so many variations when it comes to strength training. And at the end of the day, it really comes down to an individual's training history, preferences, what feels good to the body, and goals for including these movements. So anyways, dead bugs. And with the dead bug, the variation really comes out of what the upper body or the arms are doing as you are laying on your back and your feet will be moving in and out. You can either, you know, be holding a weight ahead of you. You can have one arm extending at a time out overhead. You can be pressing your arms into a wall behind you. One of the reasons that I picked the dead bug exercise is because it's excellent for core stabilization, which is very important with hiking and trail running to prevent lower back injuries, also carrying a load or carrying a running vest. It's very easy to select lower body exercises, but remembering that the whole body is actually involved in these activities is essential. The fifth and final exercise that I would recommend for hiking and trail running is, and I'm kind of cheating on this one as I'm going after an entire category, but anything that is going to work on your balance. We all know that it is sometimes hard to balance on trails, rocks move, there's water crossings, routes are slippery we get thrown off, right? So this is really important for injury prevention, especially. When looking at balance exercises, it's not just lower body, it's also upper body. There are many options from using only your body and you can stand on one leg and then alternate. You can try this with your eyes closed. It's actually really challenging because it completely throws you off. You can use a balance board or a BOSU ball, either standing on it, or you could be in a prone position, so focusing more upper body. Also, single leg exercises like the single leg deadlift is excellent for this, or even anything related to some of the yoga poses that are more single leg focused. Also, thinking of yoga The bird dog movement is a favorite because you can also manipulate where your arm and leg that is out behind you and in front of you are in space. You could move them out to the side, which is going to change your center of gravity and work on balance as well. Those are just a couple of examples that are good for balance. So to kind of wrap up that question, which was the biggest one that I'm answering, 
to go over the best strength exercises for hiking and trail running. They were lunges, step-ups, bridges, dead bugs, and then balance exercises. Okay, so question number two, kind of related, training for winter hiking. I'm also going to focus on the strength perspective for this question, and I will say everything that I mentioned in the previous question is going to be applicable here as well, and then I'm going to add two other things. First is carries. When we're winter hiking, we are carrying a load, right? A heavier load than all of the other seasons, most likely, unless you're backpacking. This question can also be applicable for anybody that is training for a through hike or a backpacking trip. So carries. What can this look like? It can be holding anything weighted, whether that is dumbbells, kettlebells, gallons of water, literally anything weighted down by your side and walking with it. It can be doing this in a front rack position. So you're holding it in front of you. And this is excellent for core stabilization as well. If you are trained to be carrying in this position, another is actually just having your pack weighted and progressively adding weight to it throughout the fall which will kind of happen anyway as the temperatures get colder and you are getting more and more used to that. I would say if you are coming off of an injury or something and you're just jumping right back into hiking and it happens to be winter, selecting hikes that are smaller and shorter so that you are out for less of a duration of time. This way your body can adapt to that load and prevent injury as well with that. The second exercise that I would say specifically for winter hiking or carrying a heavier load would be pulling movements. So pulling is really going to focus on developing back strength and being able to keep in a more optimal upper body position to be able to hold that load and also keep holding that load over a period of time without fatiguing. Pulling is a very large category, just like balance exercises, like I mentioned in the first question. Some of my favorites are rows, so using dumbbells or kettlebells or a barbell. You can do renegade rows. You can do standing bent over rows. One arm rows are really a favorite of mine. Pull-ups is a pulling movement, obviously. Those are great. Deadlifts single leg deadlifts, which also works that balance component, a TRX row, which would be a suspension training or a supine barbell row. If you are somebody who is in the gym and has more experience with lifting, these are all great options. So to wrap up question two, adding carries and pulling movements to the strength movements that I also mentioned in the first question. On to question number three, is it possible to gain muscle while also focusing on endurance goals? The honest answer is it really depends. There are a couple of factors that are going to be at play here. First factor is your training history and your training age. The second factor is the overall load of your endurance training. The third factor is your fueling. And the fourth factor is how can you recover between strength and endurance training. So let's get into these four and 
there are other factors, but these are kind of the ones that I felt necessary to discuss while answering this question just in a very generalized sense. Your training age and history, what I mean by this is one, how long have you been endurance training and two, how long have you been strength training? Because if your endurance background is longer, so say a couple of years or more, your body is going to be very adapted to that. And especially if that is combined with a lower training age and strength training, especially if you are very new to it, you'll have a low training age. So really anything new for strength training would then be a stimulus and therefore your body will be constantly creating new adaptations and the ability to grow muscle will be higher because those adaptations haven't already been in place over the years. I hope that makes sense. The second factor is the overall load of your endurance training. So load is both a factor of volume, which is miles and time, and then intensity, which is effort. So if your endurance training load is high, say you are training for an ultra marathon or even a marathon, your ability to put on muscle during this time isn't going to be as high as it would if your endurance training goals were, say, speed work or like a 5K where that load isn't as high and therefore your body has more of a chance to build muscle. The next factor is fueling. So this is really, really essential just in general but especially if you are looking to gain muscle mass and are an endurance athlete, you're really going to want to make sure that you are eating not only enough, but also a surplus of calories because this is essential to actually build muscle and maintain that build of muscle. I think fueling is especially important in this scenario around your workouts. So pre-workout, intra-workout, which is during your workout, especially if that is a longer duration, so over 60 minutes of endurance, and then post-workout. The pre-intra-post is really essential for endurance and then especially essential for strength training sessions, usually strength training sessions wouldn't be over 60 minutes. I I really don't recommend that as a coach and therefore you would primarily be looking at pre, so before and post after strength training session nutrition. And the final factor that I would be looking at here is your ability to recover between your strength workouts and your endurance workouts. So I actually really would say to separate them by a couple of hours with that nutrition, maybe some rest, and then doing appropriate warm-ups and cool-downs so that your body really is recovered from one to be able to do the other. That being said, if you do need to do them together, I personally would recommend doing strength training prior to endurance training. That just might be more optimal to not be more fatigued during the strength training if you are looking to build muscle. However, if you have endurance goals, doing the strength training prior could be more fatiguing and your endurance training could potentially be affected. So that is a very kind of individual factor, but overall, 
those are the main factors that I would look at when considering gaining muscle while you are focusing on endurance goals. On to question number four, which will be the last question of this Q&A. Is protein important to get while you are out hiking? Again, it depends. The answer to this really depends on the duration that you are out hiking. I would say if your hike is under an hour or even two hours, it really isn't that important to focus on protein as the body's main fuel source is carbohydrate. When you are going out for longer than a two-hour period or even a one-hour period, you are likely going to be eating snacks that do contain protein in them. So remembering that oftentimes foods that we're eating hiking don't only contain carbohydrate, they contain a mixture of fats, carbohydrates, and proteins. And this is really good too because it gives our body all of the macronutrients that it needs to be functioning optimally. So back to is it important to get while hiking? I would say I would really be focusing on consuming some foods with protein in them, especially if you are out there for those mid to longer durations and especially the ultra length durations. So we're looking at you know, anywhere from over two hours up to a couple of days. And as that increases, the demand for fueling increases, but also sometimes our bodies might not be able to be accepting of that. At the end of the day, like I said, our body's main fuel source is carbohydrate, and that is the primary one that we are going to be focusing on. And then protein and fat is kind of a additional macronutrient that will just be a byproduct, so to speak, because it's just in a lot of the foods that we might be consuming. If you are interested in reading more of the discussion on protein intake during exercise, from a scientific standpoint, I would actually recommend checking out the position stand from the Journal of International Society of Sports Nutrition, which I will actually link that position stand in the show notes. It is something that I reference regularly. I would definitely recommend that you do check that out if this topic is of interest to you. That is probably the quickest answer I have to that question because it really is also highly individual. And as with essentially all of these questions, they could be their own episode. I will be doing a episode specific to not just protein, but trail nutrition and most likely a couple of separate episodes because there are different categories of trail nutrition and then depending on the duration, of course. Anyways, I hope that you all found these questions helpful or insightful and maybe got your brain thinking about what you're currently doing, maybe how to change things up if you have specific goals and if anything that we went over today on the podcast could be helpful for you to reaching your goals I am happy to have episode number one up on the Pursuing Endurance podcast. Please 
subscribe to the podcast if I am covering topics that you are interested in, which if you've listened through this episode to this point, I'm guessing I am. And feel free to give it a review on Apple Podcasts if that is where you are listening. I would really appreciate it. Beyond that, all I have to say is I look forward to having a conversation with you all next Tuesday.